This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Jason Smith, VP of Sales UK and Europe at MyEngage. Jason, welcome to the BSFAPS podcast. Thank you. Thank you all. Pleased to be here. Great. Thank you for coming. Alrighty. Um, there's one good, very well-established principle in marketing. Know your customers. Whatever your app need to market, your first priority needs to be to get to know people you will be marketing your app to. It is how you will be able to find places online, where to approach them, what ad creatives to use, and what tone of your ad should be to speak their language. You need to answer the following question for yourself. What do your customers want? Well, this is the question at the basis of the MyEngage, the leading consumer engagement platform, recent research. Built on the survey data gathered from 1,000 UK folks from UK, Canada, US, and Germany. But there's things first. Uh, tell us about yourself, Jason. How did you get into this crazy world of mobile? Well, um, I was involved in IT, so I actually started off as a software engineer. Um, but I realized very quickly that people were better in developing than I was. So I was more interested in the application, the business application. So um, I've been in the IT world since the world of mainframe uh, and then through client server and then through to mobile. So it's obviously a natural uh, natural progression from perspective. So I'm, you know, uh, you know a closet geek at heart, um, mm -hmm. love technology um, and, you know, been very much a pioneer in this sort of, kind of digital first, mobile first businesses for the last, you know, several years. Oh, that's great. When, when you say mainframe, all, I, I can only think of my dad who used to be a technician and big mainframes. He was... Uh, Part of the team who was taking care of this big, uh, humongous computers that were occupying the whole rooms. Um, you know, my my memories from those days were really funny. You know, just running around, uh, hearing the fans of those huge monsters. Yeah, um, in the days when the when the server was the size of a whole room, and oh, uh, yeah. yeah, so it, it, interesting world how we how we how we progressed. Yeah, now, now you're kind of uh, uh, carrying the same thing in your pocket, more or less. Exactly that. Yeah, exactly that. Okay, so what does Mo Engage do? Uh, please draw a quick kind of a thumbnail sketch of what your company does. Okay, so yeah, so um, Mo Engage class ourselves as a bit of a pioneer in the space. Um, it, you know, so, so the, the broad category is customer engagement platforms. Um, and we are a sort of kind of new era of customer engagement platforms where we put really the customer at core um, of our platform. So we're insights led. So we use those kind of insights around the customer to engage them across multiple different uh, channels and strategies. Um, so where, you know, the ability to communicate with a customer or to be able to execute where the customer's presence, whether it be on site on a, on a website or on a mobile app or via an email or WhatsApp channel or, or one of the offline channels. So it's really a sort of kind of an insights-led customer engagement platform. And, and what we want, really want to do is our mantra is to be able to communicate with the customer in the channel they're present 
because we all have preferences, you know, mm. which channel we prefer to integrate and engage with brands with the right content that's relevant to them based on their other purchase behavior, browse behavior and everything else as well. Um, and also at the right time, understanding when to surface those promotions and offers uh, or that engagement sort of strategy for the best time for that particular person. So that's our sort of kind of in, in insights-led engagement platform that puts the customer-centric view at core of, our, of what we do. Got it. So, hence the, the name, MyEngage. Exactly that. Yeah, it says it in the title. All right. Okay, now let's get to the major topic on the table of my conversation with you today, which is your report. So, um, did something surprise you in the research data, something that made you pause once you start crunching numbers together and something that wasn't was unexpected for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're really sort of fundamental worlds. And hey, like I said, you know, I, I came from a software engineering world and I've worked with, you know, companies like Google and Facebook, you know, when it comes down to privacy and sort of stuff and, you know, and data that, you know, sometimes they've always been questionable um, on you know, how they're using things. But what was really interesting in this particular research is, you know, how, how tuned in consumers are when it comes to their data and how it's best used for personalization. And the expectation is that still 50% of customers or, 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 or consumers that were surveyed still expect their messages to be personalized based on their interest or behavior history. Um, so, you know, one element we talk about this sort of, you know, sort of public outcry about being tracked and everything else as well, but still mm -hmm. 50% of people still have expected, expect that as an outcome. Um, or as a as a business process, so that was actually quite surprising. Um, you know, the, the expectation is definitely there. So it's even more complicated than we thought. It's not only people are not happy to be tracked, but at the same time, they still want the personalization okay. kind of um, an under how we can actually pull off. You know, two things uh, living uh, next to each other. Um, so let's get to um, to kind of a um, quick um, like to highlighting the major numbers from the report. So um, obviously the report is full of data, but some data points are more important than others. So what would you like brands to keep in mind work on their marketing strategy this year? What are the key numbers? Well, I think there's, you know, there's a whole host of things here. So, I mean, I think when we look at it, when, when brands are trying to really be, build customer lifetime value, uh, I think that's a key thing. You know, a lot of brands, look at sort of engagement as a purely acquisition phase. Um, mm. You know, people very realize that it's, a, it's, it's sometimes cheaper and easier to retain customers than just to acquire customers. And we all know that, but very few brands actually do it. So it's really sort of kind of looking at these different things and looking at sort of kind of how hugely important for brands to, you know, to, you know, to help build their customer lifetime value. And, you know, looking at the whole kind of mobile shopping aspect of it where, you know, especially the millennials and sort of stuff there have a certain level of expectation, um, you know, around personalization, about speed, and about being served their relevant content quickly. So, you know, and email is necessarily sometimes not a channel for some demographics, you know, so it's looking at that whole kind of omni-channel um, to understand how to retain that customer by communicating with them with customer at the right time. So like 25, you know, 21% of consumers from North America and Europe, for example, you know, adopted, you know, adopted, you know, mobile for shopping. You know, that's, uh, that's a key element back to what we talked about earlier from the mainframe days, you know, where it was kind of unheard mm -hmm. of. But, but the brands need to look at that omni-channel strategies, you know, to be in place that are more important than ever. You know, we can't communicate with certain customers just on email if they don't open emails. You know, we have to, we have to drive that engagement through mobile or digital. 
uh, and also flip it on the other side if they are very email centric. So it's, so it's fully embracing that omni-channel strategies, you know, and that's that's something we have to definitely uh, improve as a business, move mm-hmm. away from channel centric to customer centric approaches. So the email is definitely not dead, uh, regardless of what people are saying for the number of years uh, to this day. It's even probably more alive than it used to be because it's not that clunky. People are kind of shifted towards social media and email while it's still here, but it's probably the space is not that, uh, you know, um, crunched with a number of different companies trying to go through this channel and to just make sure that email is part of your uh, um, the mix of the channels you're using, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, every, every company wants to do it. Move from a channel centric to a customer centric, but I would probably say only about you know five to ten percent of companies actually achieve it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of companies are on that journey, and I think it's really important to have that consistent journey for customers at the end to have that omni-channel capability. All right. So for the sake of the audience, uh, the whole report will be available through the link in the show notes reports. Um, so in the show notes for this episode where people will be able to, you know, get the, their copy of the report and digest every piece of that. We're just covering the, the, you know, kind of a meta picture of what's going on in that data. Now, certainly every brand wants to keep their customers happy. Who wouldn't want? But behind any brand uh, aren't Androids, at least yet, to the best of my knowledge. But human beings who are fallible, they do mistakes. So let's talk about what frustrates customers. Where does the experience of using brand products fall apart? And are there any differences in what frustrates men and women? Yeah, I think when we look at a whole, um, if, if we look elastically, first of all, what, you know, what what's generally you know what's common between male and females? I think you know inconsistent messaging really annoys people. You know. When you think about um, you know men being targeted with female uh, stuff and uh, you know and vice versa, so there was a big sort twenty percent, you know twenty seven percent of people inconsistent messaging to their gender to their profile effectively and that, the lack of personalization, you know, and then that obviously then twenty seven percent was you know irrelevant content or products based on their gender, um, you know, just because somebody might have a significant other in their life that they might be buying for. I mean, not necessarily depending on their behavioral purchase and sort of stuff there as well. So there was a big, big chunk of sort of 20% around consistent messaging, you know, irrelevant content and products. When we look at sort of kind of female consumers, for example, between, and one of the portions was 35 to 45, you know, they get overwhelmed by brands by too, too many or too few messages. You know, individuals are people, you know, and, and, and people have their own individual preferences to, you know, to a certain extent. And for businesses to understand, you know, What's too many and what's you know what's not enough from a from a customer centric perspective is really important. Um, so you know we, we had a bit of a sort of, kind of mixed match between some people feeling well by the amount of messaging and sort of stuff there as well. We work with brands that send like, three four a day in some cases and we work wide because they think that's what people want to do, but it doesn't work. Um, you know one of the other demographics was around sort of kind of group of twenty five to thirty four. Um, mm-hmm. We feel. You know, and uh, and for those that feel 44 feel some kind of irrelevant content and product recommendations frustrate them in most. So it's about you know, it's it's getting that finding that fine balance in data. You know, it's um you know, but but you know, with re- irrelevant content, uh, too many messaging, uh, not enough messaging, um, but mainly the sort of kind of the underlying sort of kind of factors was you know irrelevant content, irrelevant products, and 
non-personalization by using imagery when they're female or male or vice versa. So there was a, there was a big sort of kind of drive about bad customer experience. Mm-hmm. So brands needed to really understand that the consumer does care if you get it wrong um, by huge amounts. And especially in, the, in a very competitive space at the moment where you've got lots of kind of emerging brands, especially in the mobile and digital space, mm-hmm. um, you know, rather than traditionally bricks and mortars, it's, you know, the, the consistency and the customer experience needs to be 100%. Otherwise, they will have the lack of retention. They will have, you know, struggle to retain those customers and those other other brands will, ret- uh, will require them and sort of take them away. So it's, it's, it's a really interesting sort of kind of world, but, um, you know, that whole messaging across channel as well you know this you know one of the big things that annoys a lot of customers in this particular group was you know somebody looks at a website looks at a particular product range then comes to a mobile device and it's nothing nothing breadcrumb to the experience they just had online you know the consumer expects you to know but and we need to find a way to sort of kind of translate that in you know, into a certain extent the lack of seamless experience between mobile and desktop Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And, and I know sometimes that's technically impossible in, you know, with some technology stacks, um, but you need to understand the consumer, they expect it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. And, as, and as much as we would like to give people the specific number for uh, what's the, uh, the most optimal number of messages to send per week or per day, it's just not possible. You have to figure out that number for yourself because you, every brand has its own audience You have to you know, do a bit of a testing, see what number would be the right for you to how often you should approach people who are uh, who are trusting your brand. That's just yeah, absolutely. And 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 I think from you know I think from an optimization perspective, I think you've got to even take it down to a more granular level. I think you've got to look down to a consumer level or to, or to a customer level. Um, so rather than the brands perspectively, and I've worked with some big brands that said, you know, is that, that sent out multiple messages per day, um, you know, to some of those, to some of that audience, that might be too much. To others, it might be not enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the you know, pulling some sort of kind of insights-led or intelligence-led, you know, as I said, that's, that's one of the things we pioneer with Mo Engage is, is to look at from a consumer level and say, okay, well, Um, you know, this particular consumer, we've sent six emails and they've only engaged with two. So they might have a low um, low volume engagement rate, whereas, you know, the person might open everything we send to them. Um, so it's finding that balance at a kind of more of a sort of, you know, rather than just an overall brand level, but down to a sort of kind of consumer group level as well. Um, and, and, and I think that's where the real good customer experience comes into it. Got it. Um, now, it's not brand new that what kind of messages brands send to their customers may either help to solidify or shatter relationships they're trying to build with customers. So yep. what kind of messages do customers prefer? That's, that's, a, that's a really interesting point because it's actually completely reversed to what you think it is. Um, so, you know, 60%, for example, expect to be recognized by their name. You know, as uh, so I said, you know, that's a, that they, you know, that's a basic there. 26%, which is probably the highest percentage out of these ones as well, you know, based on previous purchase history. So, you mm-hmm. know, as we as we kicked off, there's a level of expectation to know, you should know that what I bought from you before and select certain things or messaging around what I previously purchased because you should know because I bought it from you. Um, so 20%, that was the highest rate, you know, so, so that whole dragging that through, you know, I think I think we can all agree there's nothing as frustrating as buying a product at full price then getting a message a month later at a 50% discount. Um, you know, that's one surefire way to annoy a customer. Um, so, you know, 
if, if we can build into that sort of kind of personalization to exclude them from that because we know they've bought it, they're not going to buy in a second one at half price generally. Um, you know, we need to exclude that out. So um, 21% around based on interests, um, 11% based on location, where you mm-hmm. are, if that's particularly relevant, um, 14% based on my preferences. Um, of what I'm actually looking for. Again, this all feeds into a very sort of kind of heavyweight sort of kind of personalization. Um, and 12% based on products I engage with. So products I've I've browsed with, looked at before, um, of what my typical interest cluster is. But, you know, as I said, I think, you know, when, when we look at the most established there, it's, you know, sort of, uh, previous purchase history, 26%, and based on my interest, 21%. Um, so they're the two highest categories there as well. And then, you know, Below that is, you know, expecting to know my name's Jason or Art to a certain extent, you know. Um, so I, it's, you know, very much get the purchase history right, get the interest right, and else is secondary after that. Got it, got it. So it's, uh, if you think about it, it all makes sense. Uh, like, um, if, how do you know that you care about me as a customer if you have no idea that I purchased from you something just yesterday? or a month ago, uh, there's no connection between me and you uh, as an entity. You, you, you don't care about me. This is what you're saying when you're not capable to track the purchase history of any specific individual. Okay, um, so um, I'll try to recall your experience of interaction with any brand. And I bet in each case, you would recall value added service you were provided with or offered uh, after you've made a purchase. So looking at the data from your report, what is the most popular value-added service right now? Um, the biggest trend we're seeing at the moment, I said, is you know, convenience. Um, you know, brands need to work towards kind of simplifying their communication to their customers. Um, as I said before, right channel, right time, right message. Um, it's, it's important, you know, we especially with a sort of kind of competition now between brands, as I said earlier, you know, it's, it, it's, it's most important you get it right. Um, you've acquired that customer. You've spent a lot of effort and time, first purchase. Let's convert these people to loyal customers from, you know, from customer purchase to, you know, customer love to a certain extent. You know, we need to sort of kind of, you know, along with this, we need to make ease of making purchases that consumers are looking for. So we need to make that whole CX experience really easy from, finding what they're looking for to making sure that the purchase is really easy as well. Um, because they are spoiled for choice nowadays. You know, there's so many explosion of this kind of digital ways, you know, from anywhere in the globe, you can buy products. Um, and, you know, if brand A can offer me the right sort of kind of product, um, you know, with all those sort of kind of right collection of return options that suit me, then, you know, then I'll look elsewhere. Uh, I, I won't look elsewhere, but if they can, and they give me that great experience and they, and then they service me what I'm looking for, then it really works. So I think just from a couple of sort of kind of, you know, kind of recaps, you know, there's receive offers and promotions through web, SMS, mobile app and email. You know, there was, you know, in a report we saw that was quite high. It was around about sort of kind of 12 percent. You know, people that buy their website on a mobile app in, or in person was pretty high. at sort of kind of 16 percent. Um, people that offered in-store pickup or alternative collection for location, 16 percent again. So there's, you know, some quite high priority there. But when we look at some kind of make a return exchange at any point, um, from a communication perspectively, that, that, that actually one feature on the highest, so it's 24%. Um, and order confirmation, shipping, notice, and delivery confirmation, 32%. So if you work backwards from that, what was really important about 
convenience, um, simplifying communication to their customers. What was most important was, you know, that order confirmation that came through, shipping notices, delivery confirmation, and that we all sort of kind of making the purchase easy, uh, uh, you know, for each consumer and making sure, that, uh, you know, they're updated with the communication, making it, um, you know, very simplistically finding a sort of return on exchange at any points. That was that was second at 24%. And that ability to have that sort of kind of like in-store pickup, alternative collection location in our very busy lives we now lead was also ranked quite high as well. So so it's so it's about, you know, it's about everything about over-communicating, um, ease of use, um, servicing, you know, the right promotions through multi-channel. Um, but you can see it's a lot more sophisticated than it used to be a couple of years ago. The expectation mm-hmm. is a lot higher. Um, and that's why, that's what we're seeing with brands. They have to look, they said, a holistic view, not looking at a very simple why, you know, that we're just going to drive our whole business by just sending emails out every day. Right. So now switching the channels, uh, pun intended, what yeah. are the top three preferred communication channels right now? Because brands need to know through what channel to approach their customers and be actually welcomed. So what are these right now? Top three. Yeah, really interesting. So for the majority, when we, when we look at North America and Europe, um, so 30%, uh, 30%, uh, 33% of consumers in North America and Europe are still email. That remains the preferred you know, channel for medium communication. Um, there's some slight nuances there. Depends on the target audience and everything else as well. But you know, email still continues to be the strongest channel for the outbound communication sort of side from from that perspectively. Then when we go down to mobile, uh, then things like sort of kind of text, SMS, and app and, and websites, you know, they're really sort of kind of emerging as the sort of kind of new preferred channels of communication. Um, so I would say top is email, and then a pretty much sort of kind of two to three between mobile and website. And then obviously social media, WhatsApp channel, even TikTok, for example. You know, as I said, it's um, you know a really strong emerging channel in some demographics. You know, it's um, for example, ninety percent of under twenty fives, you know, don't use Google search but use TikTok for their product evaluation uh, sort of stuff. So there's all these things that we're look, we're certainly experimenting and looking at as well. But um, but from a standard communication, top one email, next mobile sort of kind of you know app, whether it be SMS or text. Uh, and then the website sort of side is there, sort of kind of using things like web push for communicating things, still things in the basket or office. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, now we're getting close to the second anniversary since COVID-19 hit the world and it's still going, it's still here. So my question to you is this, how shopping behavior has changed by now? Yeah. Really interesting. Uh, I mean, you know, kind of COVID-19 has been an interesting challenge, I think, for everybody. Um, You know, the impact of the pandemic is evident. And I think it's changed our shopping behaviours for consumers forever. Um, What what we pulled from the report certainly is 35% of North Americans and Europeans are now buying more online in person, while 70% of consumers have done business with a new brand. Um, Now, that's really interesting. Um, because, you know, uh, and then when we sort of kind of analyze that by certain other demographics, it's, you know, whereas, you know, people over the age of 55 traditionally bought their lipstick from, you know, a particular brand uh, uh, department store, and now we're, due to COVID, we're now forced to buy that online. So there's been a whole change in behavior, perspectively, but that's quite a significant increase. Um, and we're also noticing that's also continuing now, sort of kind of, you know, certainly in the UK, the shops are back open again, that online behavior is still continuing as well. But, you know, that's quite a significant sort of kind of chunk of where it was 
bricks and mortar, now 35% of those are now buying more online than in person. So it's that's a big significant chunk of those online for, for those online businesses. So before COVID-19, a lot of people were hesitating to place orders online. They thought it's not for me. It's not convenient. I can just go there and just grab the stuff myself and have an in-person communication with the people who are selling me this stuff and have, you know, real experience. Now it's not an option. But from the other, uh, on, on the other hand, we're passing, uh, hopefully we're passing the pandemic slowly but surely. But it's, it's not, but this is not to say that we're reversing back to the situation pre, pre-COVID. Certain part, certain percentage of people will continue referring online because they just figure it out that it's actually more convenient. They didn't know that it's going to be easier, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, I use a term called forced acquisition because they were forced to acquire, to acquire from other means, um, you know, sort of due to COVID because, you know, you know the, the bricks and mortar store that they went to was now closed. Um, so, you know, that forced acquisition, and I think that then feeds into the earlier points we're discussing, you know, they've acquired that customer for whatever reason, you know, due to COVID for, you know, bricks and mortar cl- stores closed, et cetera. Um, but it's very much important now for, to engage that customer, to retain that customer, to drive that customer to loyalty um, now that the shops are open. So we're still not noting a complete change of behavior back to what it was, but it's even more important now to retain that customer by better communication um, through the sort of kind of digital channels and the, and the current channels they're using. All right, now comes the final question, which is this. What new channels have customers adopted to communicate with brands? Anything has popped up? Yeah, I know. If we look at North America and sort of kind of Europe, so it's, you know, 21% now have adopted for mobile app and email as the new digital communication channels. So a combination of both. Um, you know, and, and that's really interesting while kind of SMS and push notifications are still emerging but as new digital communication channels. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, mobile app and email definitely adopted 21% of it, but, you know, with new ones around sort of, kind of push notifications, um, as I said, the evolution into sort of social channels as well. Um, so it's, you know, so it's, you know, how people are using Facebook messaging, uh, WhatsApp certainly is a, you know, certainly across Europe, that's a, that's a really sort of kind of fast growth channel. The majority of brands still not quite sure how to use it effectively, um, apart from transactional perspective. But, you know, there's, there's been a massive shakeup in this, certainly the amount of channels now that are open to consumers. Um, and, uh, and I think that will continue to evolve, but certainly the mobile digital communication channels are very much here and they're very much here to stay. The app industry is vast. To navigate this space, you need a directory to look up suppliers and partners, and you need to know who are the best. Visit our marketplace directory at businessofapps.com slash marketplace slash podcast. And now, back to the show. All right, great. Uh, we're actually done with the topic we wanted to discuss today, but here comes the funny part of the show where... I get a chance to ask a few quick questions to every guest on the show and give my audience a better picture of who are these people. All right, this is a rapid fire quick questions. Here comes the first one. What smartphone do you have now? Have you been switching between iOS and Android or staying one line all the time? Uh, iOS have been for many years, wouldn't wouldn't even know how to go back to Android. (laughs) <laughs> Great. Uh, do you remember your first mobile phone? 
I do. I was having this conversation yesterday with somebody. Um, it was the uh, you know uh, I'm 51, so um, my first mobile phone was in uh, sort of kind of 1988, which is the first uh, Panasonic handheld phone that we had. And I remember I had, I had to travel three hours to a phone shop to buy it. So yeah, so, so it was a Panasonic P1, I think it was called. Was it heavy? Uh, it was. Yeah, it was the first non-battery charger uh, mobile phone. And when, uh, and when I used to receive phone calls on it, people used to look at me and think it was strange. Now look, <laughs> n- now look at where we are today. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've, we've gone a long way. Um, imagine you've left your smartphone at home right now uh, for whatever reason. What would be the most missing feature for you when you're out? Um, so I wouldn't, say it's, I, I wouldn't say it's a feature. I would just say the constant buzzing in my pocket. Um, so, um, I've, I've done it before and it, and it, it's really strange. So I think you, when you go for the first day or two, you constantly think your phone's ringing and you haven't got your phone with you. So I think it's that consistent, you know, and as I said, I have, you know, lots of Slack messages and email messages and it's obviously through work, but, but it's not, it's not necessarily an app that I'd miss, but it's, it's, it's the constant vibrating of the phone thinking that the phone's with you. It's really weird. You can feel it, and you're, and you're looking for it, but it's not there. So it's that's that's the thing that I kind of feel far I miss more than the actual technology in the in the phone itself. Right. So you feel like something is off. Oh, it yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm so used to you know a phone in my back pocket or something, just just constantly vibrating with Slack messages or you know or WhatsApps or or all of the above, um, and and that's the thing that I find the strangest. So, um, are there any technologies uh, you're thinking uh, wouldn't be great if that thing will be a part of my phone? Hardware, software, and not necessarily more features, more stuff. Probably, you know, something that allows you to keep the balance better. Yeah, um, I'm not a big social uh, sort of social person when it comes to sort of you know. Uh, I mean, there are various different brands out there, but you know, uh, beginning with F and ends in B. Um, I guess I worked with them for for many years, um, but I feel I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a sort of kind of um, time poor type person. So I'm working away a lot, and I'm just trying to get time away from my screen. So social media, for example, is something I really control. Um, not because for any other reason apart from you know I try to do things that aren't looking at the screen all the time, and, and and in my own time I try and try and do something that do everything not avoid looking at the screen. So so. That's the only bit I just don't get drawn into this kind of social media aspect of it. Got it. All right. Before I let you go, the very, very final question. How could people get in touch with you and learn more about what you do? Sure. Yeah. My email address is uh, jason at moengage.com. Uh, feel free to reach out. Uh, we'd be happy to sort of talk to you about a bit more about what Mo Engage does. Um, as I said, we can also send you a link to download the report. I'm sure it'll be, uh, be shared with this as well. Um, but if you're interested in just what we're doing in the marketplace, uh, what we're pushing into, we're also going to be at the Mobile World Congress as well in a couple of weeks. So if you'd like to meet up, drop me an email. We're happy to meet up for a coffee or drink in, uh, around the event um, to understand a bit more what you're doing and see, you know, and certainly see if we can help. Oh, terrific. Back to in-person uh, meetings. That's awesome. Yeah, life's back to normal. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Great. Uh, Thank you, Jason. Thank you for coming on our show and spending your time with us. Thanks. My pleasure. Thank you all. And that was Jason Smith, VP of Sales UK and Europe at MoEngage. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. 
wireless episodes on Mondays, so subscribe and you'll be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review and comment on iTunes. Believe me, it is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.